0: You're listening to Curated Podcast from the Beyond Infinity radio program broadcast live on Tuesdays from 11am from our Mornington studios in Victoria, Australia. Presented by
1: me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young.
0: Into the science and technology news for the week... Facebook, which has been in quite a bit of hot water over the third-party use of its two billion users' data, mm-hmm. we've talked about the Cambridge Analytica scandal, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know it, it just seems that they've really kind of struggling to. Uh, to clear the air, it doesn't seem to have affected uh, the the usage of that very popular social network, and probably not much would. Um, but uh, it actually has recently suspended another data analysis firm that received its users' data, and uh, this company is called a rather sort of funny sounding name, Crimson Hexagon. Sounds like something out of a I don't know.
1: It's like a hacker's name, yeah, like something, or something like that. Yeah. It's a
0: funny, it's a funny sounding name for a, for a company that's apparently uh, legit. The type of work that it does is uh, is of well, some interest, I guess, to, to listeners and to uh, the, the people who've been concerned about the Cambridge Analytica scandal and the like. They've done work for the US State Department, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, and the Secret Service, as well as a separate contract with a Russian non-profit uh, organization called the Civil Society Development Foundation. That contract was to measure the popularity of Vladimir Putin. Another contract in Turkey back in 2014, informed the government there, the Erdogan-led government, they made a decision to briefly shut down Twitter amid political dissent. So some advice was provided there. This company, Crimson Hexagon, has got an amazing amount of data, more from Twitter actually than Facebook. They have assembled, because they've paid for, they call it the... um, the sort of the fire hose you can pay f- for all these companies are selling your data and all yep. the information unless you specify that it's private and really tighten up those privacy settings you will find that these sort of companies crimson hexagon among them will collect your data and will analyze it
1: and um, use it i think what you'll find is that this is the tip of the iceberg and that there are many companies much like this and uh, cambridge analytica they're out there they're able to gain access to the data analyze it and then use it in their own way whether that be for government purposes or for uh, you know spying yeah. this company uh, has amassed a 2 trillion tweet
0: database mm. from Twitter uh, they apparently paid Twitter for direct access to the fire hose as it's known a premium version of its API that guarantees access to all tweets matching specific criteria so again it, it highlights the need to uh, to be aware of what you're signing when you when you sign those terms and conditions when you agree to them when you you know adjust those settings on privacy and how much you want to share.
1: We are very much in a post privacy world now. It's mm. uh, we share so much data voluntarily, but also we don't read the T's and C's and just a tick agree. And part of that usually says that that data uh, could be shared or sold to other companies. And this is exactly the scenario we're looking at here. So
0: Facebook has suspended Crimson Hexagon, which is Boston based. The cat sat on the while it determines whether the government contracts violated its terms. And it's not currently believed the firm gained access to private data like Cambridge Analytica did. So
1: not it doesn't sound like quite as serious an issue as was raised uh, by Cambridge Analytica. Early things were said about Cambridge Analytica that it wasn't as bad as it was, and then more revelations came out. So, look, hopefully there's not too much data that's been released on this one, but it wouldn't surprise me if it comes out uh, that there's more information that was uh, stored or, or accessed than the, what's been currently let on
0: indeed now moving on with the news apple is expected to introduce major improvements to the homepod software so a bit like your google's got uh, what's the google name for the product the google home google home yeah. it's like a little speaker that sits on your you know kitchen bench or there's whatever there's amazon alexa and yep. there's, there's a, a whole of bunch this, yeah. of them and they basically allow you they use voice recognition to allow you to do things in the case of homepod which is quite an expensive little item. I think they're three hundred and fifty US dollars, so mm-hmm. they'd be quite a bit more expensive in Australia. They, there is talk of them bringing out a cheaper version, like mm-hmm. a sort of stripped-down one, because I think you can get a, a Google Home now or a sort of basic version of that quite cheaply. Like, you can, yeah, there's you know, three
1: different uh, sizes, right? Um, plus, I, I believe they let the API out to other parties. So, for example, I think JBL does a speaker which has the sort of the Google Home ecosystem as part of it. So, right. if they allow, if Apple allows another uh, company <laughs> access to the API. Maybe. Yeah, most likely with Apple, they'll release a smaller, cheaper version. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but I mean, look, they are handy. I've seen them. A friend of mine's got one. I've, I've seen It's a Google one, and I've seen it used, and you kind of muck around with it and get it to play music for you or ask about the weather or things like that. The quality of the speaker in the case of Apple's HomePod is one of the big selling points because I believe that it is really great. Mm-hmm. You know, Just if you had it as a speaker only, you'd be mm-hmm. quite
1: happy with it. But the fact that it does other things is good. But it only connects into the Google, sorry, the uh, iTunes system. It doesn't allow you access to Spotify, I believe, at this stage. So. Right, well, that's look,
0: that's true. I think that is true at this stage
1: and uh, they are you know using that to try to channel
0: you towards mm. using Apple Music which is the big competitor
1: so it does make sense if you're part of the Apple ecosystem if yep. you've got iPhone if you've got everything i-related then yep. sure it would make sense to be part of that yep. but if you're uh, using an Android device and Windows machine it doesn't really make any sense yeah. fair
0: enough you can get you can actually run iTunes on, on Windows yeah. but
1: it. what I'm saying is there's other platforms uh, whether it be the Google Home system or, an, or Amazon Alexa or other uh, speakers that would probably be Working as good, or if not better.
0: Yep. Yeah. So some of the improvements that are that are being uh, touted for the HomePod. So there's a software update. There'll be some differences in how you can use and enjoy this smart speaker. One is the ability to make phone calls, manage several timers at once. In the kitchen, you're cooking things, you can have lots of timers going for different things on the stove. You can translate text. You can answer a call, redial a number, search a call log, listen to messages from your voicemail, or make an emergency call. We were talking about music just before. Apparently, the update that's coming for HomePod will will include the ability to search for a song based on its lyrics. This is going to actually come to all iOS devices later this year with iOS 12. So that's the next update following iOS 11. As John has wisely pointed out if you are using spotify then you may have some frustration with that if you find the price expensive there are rumored to be cheaper versions of the home pod coming out later moving on with the news we talked about the electric scooter sort of plague mm. in san francisco how they were filling up the people complaining about getting nearly run over on sidewalks and that they'd be filling up space outside train stations and then you know this huge craze a lot of startups uh, you know had just jumped on it and were 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 uh, you know Renting these things out for I think as little as a dollar a day, yeah. and setting up charging stations all over the place, and the whole thing was quite unregulated initially. There were there was a bit of a backlash from uh, from people who weren't using scooters who were just trying to navigate down the footpaths and found it a slightly chaotic situation. Well, the transport authority has been reviewing, I think, a dozen applications from electric scooter companies, assessing them for safety, sustainability, access, accountability, financial impact, and other measures. And five companies will be selected to participate in a year-long pilot program that will evaluate the scooters and their impact. Uh, So as many as 1,250 scooters may be allowed to operate in San Francisco during the first six months of the trial. And depending on how things go, an additional 1,250 may be approved for the last half of the trial period. Once the firms or the companies that are operating these scooters are selected, Transit authorities will work with them to finalise and clarify the permit terms and conditions. Hopefully, permits will be issued by August this year. Mm-hmm. So some uh, cleaning up of that uh, Wild West scenario with electric scooters everywhere in San Francisco and other big cities in the US as well. I believe they're very popular in China too. Kind of I think the craze the bikes, came from China.
1: Yeah, the bikes over there are crazy. Like you see some pictures on the web and it's just there's a sea of bikes everywhere. We, look, we had to hear in Melbourne the, uh, the bikes, uh, that, yeah. uh, that, uh, that those Contracts have been cancelled and, yep. and now been removed just due to the you know being left in inappropriate places and yeah. people weren't paying for them they yep. were throwing, they
0: were throwing them in rivers they yep. were leaving them
1: out and and uh, you still
0: see the racks and there may be some of them still operating but uh, you'd have to put in a credit card number but obviously they weren't putting a hold on a deposit on your credit card otherwise you'd reckon that would have been a, a,
1: an incentive I, to return the thing years ago I remember when you could do this uh, the first started I think it was about a five hundred dollar credit card deposit and as soon as you returned the, the bike then that would come back to you within a couple of days and it caught a lot of people out where they didn't realize that was the case and i think maybe uh, just due to the 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 amount of uh, people coming back and saying no this is not right they might have reduced that down or gotten rid of that mm. and that may have led the the way for people to then abuse the system because yeah. there wasn't much sort of financial you know incent to uh, to, to return it to the right place
0: yeah that's no, a great idea it's just a pity it didn't seem to be run qu- quite the right way mm. John what have you got for us in the SciTech news uh,
1: yeah look uh, Google has been fined a record of 6.8 billion dollars by the EU and this is uh, sort of based on the Android uh, mobile system. So. system like <laughs> You know, Google is ubiquitous with search. I mean, we we now whenever we think of looking for something, you say Google it, and uh, it's just what everyone believes uh, and thinks. It's because over the years, I mean, since 2000, I think it is Google has built up an amazing uh, portfolio of products, mm. uh, but that's also come at the the cost of competition. So the EU has basically stepped in and said, well, we we actually want to see more competition in the space. Google, you're too big, and with um, because you Thank you um, you know, now creating Android devices, which basically 80% of the market, yeah. and and therefore funneling people back through all of the Google products, that's not allowing uh, enough competitors to get into the space and and actually um, you know provide an alternative experience or maybe in some ways provide a better experience. I mean, Google is great with what it does, but there are certainly some things that it could do much better. Mm. Uh, but it's very difficult to find a competitor at this stage that could provide the things that that. I personally would like and so based on that the EU has said um, uh, th- th- we don't accept this we want more competition and because you're acting as that monopoly then you have been fined uh, it's n- not really suggestive if this is a one-off or will be sort of an ongoing thing I'm not sure exactly how you know the EU expects this will be fixed potentially that fine could be you know put into some kind of technology fund which then supports new developers uh, or, or new ideas even for a company like Google that's a well look they've got cash reserves of around 140 billion dollars yeah so look it's it it's a bit of money, but uh, you know, for the average company, of course, it's a huge amount of money, but uh, for Google, it's, it's not too much. <laughs> now, uh, last month, uh, I reported on the NVIDIA Shield TV, uh, soon to be available. I can now report that as of Friday last week, it is now available. You can purchase that directly from the Shield website. Uh, unfortunately, when I went there yesterday to buy it, it was sold out. Uh, so fortunately, there are some um, other sites available to purchase it from, so that includes PC Case Gear, UMart, M Wave, Cinecom, Scorptech, PLE Computers, uh, and a number of others. So we'll post a link to uh, this site, which uh, shows you the other sites that it's available. I did get my hands uh, or was able to buy one. It's to be delivered later this week. Mm-hmm. I did find that some of the sites I was going to that it had been sold out. So it is showing that there's a lot of interest in this product. Yep. Uh, it has been around for some time. It was rebooted in 2017, and you know, people have been able to buy it from overseas and get it imported. But this is an official Australian release as of Friday last week. The price starts at $249.95 plus your delivery and that's with the standard remote controller. It does go to $329.95 if you want the game controller. So this is if you want a 4K streaming on your TV. So it's a media center that allows you to use the Android system so if you've used the likes of an Apple TV before or Google Chromecast or, or a Nexus player, the TV Nexus player, uh, this is sort of in that same family, mm-hmm. but it is seen as the premium version. And a lot of reviewers have basically said that this is the one you want to get if you want that you know premium experience. So I can't wait to get uh, my hands on mine and um, certainly report back about how it's going because I have had the Google Nexus player for I think about four years and it's certainly starting to struggle now. I know that there's some lag um, you know, I've, I've got the upgraded NBN at home. I've got the fibre to the node. Still, uh, you know, downloading, you know, quite good speeds now. Um, but I'm finding that it does struggle a little bit with the the old Nexus player. Maybe it's just age related. Maybe it's technology. I'm not sure. Mm. But this Nvidia Shield, I am really looking forward to getting uh, my hands on this. So if you want one too, then just do a search on Nvidia Shield TV Australia. It may have some notifications about when you can uh, purchase it. You know, when they'll be restocking, or you might be able to get onto a waiting list as well. I am imagine the stocks will be replenished fairly soon. Though. Okay, yeah. and there is a gaming add-on to that console yeah. if you want to use it for,
0: for that purpose.
1: So there is the sort of the, the GE Force, which is straight from NVIDIA gaming platform, and you can play through that. Or there's just the standard Android games platforms as well. So if you're a gamer on your Android phone and then you want to translate that across to the TV, well, you can do that through this system. Mm-hmm. So historically, with for example, with the Nexus player, I was using the Android TV operating system which was clunky and it wasn't that great Mm. Nvidia have actually updated the software to say well we don't want the TV system we want to use the Android Oreo 8 platform which allows you access to apps that weren't available on the Android TV system so there's more apps that are available Um, it should be a better performing system Uh, actually there's no question in my mind it is a much better performing system than the Google Chromecast the Nexus player and even the Apple TV as well so highly recommended and I'll report back even if there's listeners out there that have one of these, uh, maybe they've imported it, um, you know, years ago. I uh, would love to hear about how um, it's going and what they use it for. Exactly. And, you know, Go to our well.
0: website. Contact us on social media. Beyondinfinity.com.au.
1: And just finally from me, if you're in the market for a a new um, MacBook Pro, it might be um, you might want to avoid the what's touted as the best of the best with the the 15-inch MacBook Pro with the upgraded i nine core Mm. Uh, basically what uh, one youtuber has found dave lee uh, he's a tech reviewer i've watched him for years he's reported that there's a lot of throttling that happens with the cpu so basically you've got um you know a multitude of cpus the central processing units and they range anywhere from an i3 up to an i9 and uh and this is look we're talking about a pro laptop we're talking about something that um you know video creators or graphic designers uh, would be looking at um you and the uh, the 15-inch MacBook Pro is supposed to be the premium version the premium edition that um, Apple releases. Uh, Unfortunately just due to the way that the chassis is um, the, the low sort of cooling system uh, it doesn't actually uh, cool down enough and therefore it is throttled it means that you're not getting the peak performance mm. so Dave Lee the YouTuber did some tests and he found that it was running really really hot and it meant that if you were trying to render a video so if you're trying to export it for uploading into YouTube it would actually take longer than the i7 version the lower down version of the CPU mm. uh, and it was probably better to have an older version of the macbook pro rather than uh, the, this this new one that's been brought out he was able to put the laptop in the freezer and then run it and he was able to get slightly better performance but it's basically saying that um you spend all this money and and realistically it's it, for a sort of a standard version it's around about the four four and a half thousand us it's dollar mark big. so it's a premium product yeah. and if you want to add all the extra things better ram better storage mm. and all the bells and whistles mm. it's around the ten thousand us dollar mark wow and, and if you're buying that, you expect to have a machine that does, um, you know, looks good because that's what you expect from Apple, but performs exceptionally well. And unfortunately, it does not perform well. Mm, um, you know. Heat issues there. You might have to sort of get a
0: walk in fridge to be able to use it reliably. Thanks for listening.
1: And head to beyondinfinity.com.au for the best bits from the live show or to connect with us on social media. We welcome your feedback and suggestions for future shows.